This life is not all there is. This is not our home. And as much as we know that as believers, we just need to be reminded again and again, this is not our home. We have mm-hmm. a city built not, not built with human hands yeah. that Christ has prepared for us. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello and welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we have two very special guests with us. Very special. Today we have our good friends, Ryan Fogelsong and Dave Fournier. Welcome, guys. You're supposed to say, it's such an honor to be on the Sound Plus Doctrine (laughs) podcast. This has been my dream. (laughs) We didn't feed them lines. Sorry, we should have done that. We are... It's so great to have you guys uh, with us, and thank you for listening and tuning in uh, wherever you are. Uh, It is so great to have you guys talking about All of Our Tomorrows, a single that we just released, um, uh, a brand new song for the church. Yes. So we get to talk about that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, just a little history for the song, and uh, our prayer is that if you haven't heard the song, maybe you'll listen to it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know some people, churches are singing it. It had its origins almost two years ago at a songwriter retreat when, uh, Dave, you brought this song. And we'll talk a little bit about the history in, in just a moment. I want you to tell it. Um, but we, long story short, we, we ended up getting the song, and we were thinking about it for our album, Heaven Has Come, Christmas yeah. album. But, you know, it's just it wasn't quite a Christmas song. It's more like a New Year's song, which you made very clear. This is like a kind of New Year's song. could be sung anytime. Um, but we wanted people to hear it. You know, it's like when you have a great song and you're just kind of sitting on it and you just, yes. you want people to hear it. So <laughs> my daughter Mackenzie and I, we just did a version on YouTube. Um, but that version uh, got a great response. Yeah, it really did well. And a lot of comments, people saying, wow, this is so encouraging. Yeah, and where can I listen to this? And so we didn't have a version. I kept telling Dave... Dave, we're going to do a version. Really, we're going to do a version. <laughs> and that was... What's that? On the B side of the album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, was that two years ago? Yeah. Or it was a while ago. And uh, so I always felt this kind of, this burden, like, I got to get the song out. I got to get the song out. <laughs> so we finally did record it at yes. the Worship God Conference, along with a, a few other songs, and uh, have put it out as a congregational song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, that's kind of the history of it. Um, Ryan, well, actually Dave, Dave has been a part of Covenant Fellowship Church in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, Sovereign Grace Church for how long now, Dave? Uh, probably going over 25 years, early nineties. It's been a long time. Wow. And you're not on staff there. You serve, you're just telling us as a volunteer, what is it you do? (laughs) I'm a volunteer coordinator for a region for hospice. So, um, folks that are at end of life, the patients as well as their families. Um, I basically uh, recruit a team of hundreds of volunteers from the area to go and serve families and, and patients at end of life. Which, thank you for doing that. Wow. That that requires grace and faith and patience. joy, patience. <laughs> and I've, I've watched you in roles like that for years. Um, and I had to understand that a volunteer coordinator is not someone who volunteers. You are actually paid for this job. Yeah, you're not the first person to have asked that, but but it is funny when I say, yeah, this is what I do. Oh, oh so volunteer. No, no, 
coordinate those who volunteer. I get paid. <laughs> it's a little clunkier, but it's clearer. All right. So that's where you are. And Ryan, uh, tell us where you are. Yes. So I'm out here in California, in Santa Clarita, and I'm the pastor of corporate worship at Grace Baptist Church here and um, lead worship, corporate worship on a Sunday, oversee and shepherd our volunteers. We have a choir orchestra and band members and and in youth and on Sundays. So I help kind of coordinate that and put together our order of service on Sundays along with our, our staff and pastors. Wow. And so there is a long history uh, mm -hmm. between you and David. Yes, sir. Talk to us about that. Tell us how hard it's been to be David's friend for so many years. <laughs> He's quite a burden. No. <laughs> David, and I met, goodness, probably 16 years ago back in college. And uh, I just, I knew him as a drummer back then. And we've been in several different bands together. Um, and we just became quick friends back in college. And we went on to play in the group Enfield. And we were there for, it was about seven, seven years, Dave. Yeah, and then we've continued to play in different iterations and and rhythm sections, and I'm so glad that we still get to do it. Yeah, it's it's a awesome. privilege, a good yeah. friend, Dave. Yeah, Ryan's one of my best friends, uh, and uh, I think through Enfield, you know, we met. I think we've said this in previous podcasts, but we that's where we met CJ, and that's where we yes. met you in yeah, Sovereign yeah. Grace Music, and your friendship was built through that and having Ryan and I come out and play on albums. Yes. Um, it's wild to just look back and see we've been doing this for 10 years with Sovereign Grace Music, yep. and now the joy of writing uh, and continuing to fill, uh, facilitate arranging that can allow churches to sing these songs. Yeah, and we got David to become a part of Sovereign Grace Church. We're still working <laughs> on Ryan. It's hard, but we'll keep trying. And Dave Fournier, you have been writing for Sovereign Grace Music for a long time contributed some great songs. Yes. How many wow. how many years do you think? Well, um I think uh had a couple songs on an album in like 98, 99. Wow. So I started leading worship at Covenant in the mid 90s and uh and uh somehow got songs on this album. The process was very different back then. Yeah. I, uh, there was no edits to the songs. The two songs got put on uh, either they were either I started with the two best songs I'd ever written, <laughs> or we had a different process, uh, you know, in the way Bob, the sauce made so. Bob is, he's softened his critical spirit. <laughs> there was no edit whatsoever. It was just, here's the song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we did things a little differently. We, we've realized that you actually do have to work on songs for them to work. And, and this, All of Our Tomorrows is a great example of that. Right, for sure. Uh, so, it started with a set of lyrics. The, yeah. Dave, uh, for those of you who don't know, Dave is just really one of our finest lyricists, mm -hmm. and uh, has I want to say this, Dave has been you have been faithful through the years to um, become more open-handed with your lyrics. Mm. You know, we I think we all have become more open-handed. You know, as a songwriter, we just tend to think, well, you know, the way God gave it to me is the way He gave it to me, and right. we, we don't want to correct God. <laughs> so, so why are you trying to correct my lyrics or my tune? Um, but love, love working with you. And uh, this song began as a uh, a set of lyrics. Uh, tell us, tell us about how it began. Yeah, um, we were writing for a Christmas album a few years ago, and uh, you know, usually we'll try to think of different themes that might go along with that. Um, and so, uh, 
well, I've always wanted to write a New Year's hymn. Um, I think there's there's a not a lot of them that we use, um, and so uh, so yeah, just started thinking of different themes for that. Um, what I what I would want to sing, uh, you know, if I was worshiping uh, as going into the new year, and just trying to in, like incorporate where different people might be coming from, you know, uh, good places and more challenging places. So yeah, I just started to write out some lyrics that uh, that mm-hmm. might work for that kind of a hymn structure without without a melody to begin with. You know, Amazing Grace was a New Year's hymn. It was first sung on New Year's Day by John Newton. John Newton. I've, I've heard that before, yeah. Yeah, so may, may this receive the same kind of reception <laughs> as Amazing Grace. It sounds good, me and John, yeah. <laughs> what did you, uh, what were some of the categories you were thinking of as, you, it's four-verse hymn. Yeah. Um, you know, you say you thought about different situations that people might be in. It's a song about God's sovereignty over all of our tomorrows. yeah. God's sovereignty over time. You know, he's put us in these lives that we change over time. You know, this is, this is the setting that he gave us to, to serve him. And, and so, uh, and so, you know, as the year changes, we're reflecting on, you know, the future, we're reflecting on the past. Um, So those themes, um, God's sovereignty, of course, consecration, you know, committing ourselves to the Lord into the future, but then also the idea of, you know, what do we do with the past? What do we do with, Mm-hmm. with uh, our failures what do we do with the challenges we've been through um you know there's there's verses that say you know that we should put our hands to the plow and move forward right and not look back mm-hmm. uh, there's also the reality that uh, that's that's a story that god has worked in our lives and uh and all those things are working together you know so it's good to contemplate what god has done um and that he works together uh all things for our good you know so mm-hmm. So I think that theme had to be in there, you know, uh, old Lang Syne has it even, right? Uh, Could old acquaintance be forgot that you never brought to mind? You know, I don't even know what it means. And the rest of the... I was going to say, <laughs> I, you're about to use old Lang Syne. I have no idea what that's That's it. That's it. But the the melody and the other stuff, oh, you know, it just makes you feel something. I'm, I think I'm singing about the past. And I'm feeling kind of sad and, you know, and I don't know exactly what I'm singing, but it's it's part of a near's. <laughs> You know, experience, right? <laughs> yes. So you tried to bring some clarity to some those. Clarity, thoughts. more clarity, more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's true. As you're talking, I'm thinking you. We can feel at the at the turn of a new year, fe- uh, regrets about the past, mm. and fears about the future. Mm. Uh, but this song, you, you really, I think, help us speak. It, it, it imparts hope. Yes. Hope and trust and faith. I mean, think of the line in the second verse. Come living way, our way make clear. Let perfect love drive yes. out our fear. Be thou our vision now and here and all of our tomorrows. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Lord, Lord, help us not not give in to the fears that we have, not give in mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, the unknowns. So that that's really powerful. Yeah. All right, so you had this set of lyrics. Uh, well, actually, talk about the third verse, because I think that has a meaningful story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the third verse, I'd originally written a a different third verse that kind of addressed that general theme of uh, of what to do with our past, you know, in in Christ. Um, But at the same time, as I was writing that, I had a close friend who, uh, Chris Rodano, who was, uh, who's I've collaborated with a lot in music over the years. And he's a drummer and uh, a PhD in chemistry and just a great guy with, uh, in his 40s with a with uh, you know three young girls and, and his wife, so 
he was uh, he was struggling. He was dying of brain cancer. And so um, that was happening as we're heading towards not only the holidays, but also, um, you know, working on these songs. And so uh, so that that was obviously heavy on my mind. And in our community, it was a, a very heavy reality that we were dealing with. And so, of course, as I'm writing, you know, these words, I'm uh, I'm 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 in prayer to the Lord about about that. And just, um, you know, he died on Thanksgiving Day and um, there was, um, you know, it's, it's not it's not often that you can get kind of some personal experiences, your, your personal experience with the Lord into a congregational song, because it has to be clear enough for people to experience, understand, you know, where uh, what they're singing. Right. Um, but in this case, uh, you know, I was I, I was able to do that. Um, and there's a story behind that, but the the um, the line where uh, uh, cherished son once kissed, whose beauty passed behind the clouds. Um, there had just been a moment uh, where I was waiting to see if uh, waiting to go over to the house because I knew that I got a text that he was probably dying and um, people were gathering. And so as I was sitting in my living room and praying uh, for him and for the family. Um, I got a text that just said he just passed mm -hmm. and it was one of those days that couldn't decide if it was going to be really brightly sunny or really darkly rainy right in the, the that was the atmosphere out there and it was dark at that moment but as soon as I saw the text uh, he just passed um, the room flooded with light mm -hmm. and uh, and so it you know it, it affected me in some way you know mm -hmm. just uh, affected the way I prayed in that moment that uh he's he's you know it can seem dark but there's light on the other side of those clouds um and then i went over to my friend joseph stegora's house and i was telling him that story in his living room and as i told him that in that moment that room flooded with light as soon as i said <laughs> the room flooded with light we were both just like what so we were both obviously deeply grieving but there was uh there was the sense that god had given us a picture of hope and so that was uh that was a, a an image that I wanted to get into there without having to explain that story, but in a way that people not even knowing that can can grasp, you know, the meaning. Right. Well, and the 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 hope that's provided throughout the whole song, just we we have hope in the sovereignty of God in all situations and circumstances. You know, that third verse is so personal and intimate, and. I know that's affected so many people yes. when they've sung that third verse because they've thought about their own mortality or someone close to them. Yes. Yeah. But then the fourth verse just pours into hope that we're empowered by the love of God and we're, we're moving forward. We're moving forward mm -hmm. with hope. We're not mm -hmm. stuck in that sadness or that despair. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it song just preaches. Mm -hmm. It's so grace great. Grace before and grace behind for yeah. low. What hope before us stands? Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. So that you were writing that verse in the midst of Chris about to die. Yeah, in fact, that that yeah. the, that verse finally got written after he passed because that imagery was was put oh, into wow. it. Wow. Well, I think you had said that, but I I just forgotten that. Yeah. Okay, so you have these words. Um, and uh, you bring it to the, the retreat, song retreat, with a tune. So you yeah. wrote it without a tune, but then you ask uh, Wendell Kimbrough? Yes, there's a, there's a brother, uh, Wendell Kimbrough, who I've uh, uh, known over the years. And he's a fantastic songwriter um, 
who comes from a different stream of, you know, uh, within Christianity here in, in, in America and uh, has uh, really committed his life to, to writing um, songs from the Psalms. And yeah. so he really gets on that. But anyway, I've wanted to collaborate with him for a long time. So we, you know, he, he worked on a melody for this one. It was great. Really nice melody as well. Beautiful melody. Um, yeah, brought that to the retreat. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But we did it at the retreat and it, it didn't quite settle for people. Mm-hmm. So at our retreats, we, we play the songs for each other and just get base, you know, feedback right there. If, if the whole group of songwriters isn't like, yeah, we're, we're not going to want to send it out. You know, which is very different from the way we used to do songwriter retreats where you'd have, you know, four people on a panel giving you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Yeah. I think this is much better. Well, and they're worship leaders, so yes. they, they'll, if they learned. can't jump in with the singing, they think, okay, well, how would I do this in my, my congregation or yeah. my church? Yeah. So I think that's also really helpful, too. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a beautiful tune, but didn't feel it was quite the one yet. Yeah, or quite matched the lyrics, exactly. Yeah, you wanted these words to have a great tune. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think it was, uh, I think the kind of consensus was, it was uh, wonderful as it was to listen to and to be edified by, but maybe not as much to have everyone enter into singing with it. Yeah. Um, and then also, it was just a practical reality that uh, with Wendell, it, there wasn't a chance to really continue to edit the song much. Yeah. Um, would have taken a lot of time to, to go from there. So I think that was kind of what had us start to explore some other options. Yeah, so you yeah. generously said, okay, let's, let's open this up for other, other contributions. And a number of people wrote melodies. Um, yeah. Me being one of them. You being, uh, tell us about your tune that didn't make the cut. <laughs> I thought it was a beautiful tune, but Thank you. didn't I, make the cut. I, uh, I, I mean, I was immediately struck by the lyrics. You and Lacey, right? Uh, Where we're yeah, I, I, I initially came up with a, a melody for the fourth, for all four verses, but there were moments where I felt like the lyrics were, uh, were saying too much, so I was paring down some of the lyrics as I went through the process. And I remember when I brought Lacey in, uh, which is not always a bad... It's a great thing to do. You know, not always a bad thing, but when I brought Lacey into the project, too... She also thought, well, this could be shorter too. So we kind of, we were doing more <laughs> editing than, um, and I loved where it sat. But as I look back, um, I do think it took maybe too much out of it. And then when you brought that third verse, because um, I think we only had three verses at the time, was that right? No, we had the four verses, and that was what I struggled with was that I, I figured out how to recraft the other three. That was it. That with that one, um, because I wanted to have that imagery in it. Yeah. I felt like it was, you know, I've become very comfortable with being willing to chop up lyrics and find new ways. And Bob's been really helpful with that over the years, you know, to uh, to really just recraft a song. Um, There's good things you can come up with, you know. Um, But uh, but one, no matter how much I tried to rewrite, you know, I couldn't get what I wanted in there. Yeah, well, now now when I sing the third verse, I think I wouldn't touch that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? And and it's one of those things that is hindsight. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where we stood. And then, but as a songwriter or a collaborator, you just really go, hey, best idea wins. So I give yep, this back to yep. you. If it's not settling, let's move on. Yep. Let's find something else. So then Ryan uh, put a melody, I think that you adjusted slightly. But Ryan, tell us what you were thinking and how you came sure. out. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember being struck hearing um, 
hearing those lyrics of that retreat as well and just kind of kept replaying them and and thinking about them for for a couple of weeks and there was this melody that I had been working on for a couple of months kind of self-contained and on its own yeah. and I I sort of mapped it on to that to that lyric and some of it worked some of it didn't didn't but I just kind of adjusted it I remember sending it to Dave and going hey I took a crack at this what, what do you think and Dave I think you were saying uh the latter half of the melody you really liked but the first one just didn't resonate with the tone of the lyric and I know as a songwriter, one of my weaknesses is I can tend to get bored with my melody really quickly. And so I don't immediately go to, to repetition. But the first part of the melody, we ended up putting in more repetition, kind of landing on a same note. And it really made the latter half of the melody kind of bloom and fresh. Yeah. And so looking back, I'm going, what a great idea, Dave, that you had to, to do that. So so I the beginning of the melody... Um, not a lot of um, intervals, pretty simple. And then it grows into kind of this middle section where you get up in the range and then it kind of, it climbs and it climbs. And so I think the melody has a, has a story to tell too. And I think it works well with your lyric, Dave. That's great. Yeah, that penultimate line melody. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Right before the last line yeah, you're saying. And all of our tomorrow. Got that's it. Thank you. Means. Just for, for people that didn't know that. <laughs> We know penultimate, David. <laughs> so, so, so we've sung this song and uh, many times, um, and it's not just a New Year's song. No, I don't right. think so. um, Bob. In fact, there's there's people who reach out to me and who have said that they play this at at memorials and funerals. Yeah. And so I, you know, in 2020, our church in particular, we had up to to 90 memorials and funerals. We just had a lot of folks pass away, and and even this past year, my wife and I, uh, we lost two grandparents within 10 days of each other. So, for our church and to our family in particular, this song has meant so much to me. And just to go back to that lyric, Dave, that you wrote, verse three, I'm so grateful that you spent time. Like the idea of grief and and missing loved ones, it wasn't just a line in a song. You gave a full verse to it, which I think makes that fourth verse so full of hope because we took time to kind of sit in that moment to mm -hmm. to grieve well. So, I, th I think of um, Psalm ninety, where where the psalmist says, verse twelve: "So teach us to number our days, mm -hmm. that we may mm -hmm. gain a heart of wisdom." Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, I had a dear friend die suddenly of a heart attack, Larry Malaman. He's one day older than I am. Every every year we would exchange emails. Mm. You know, I'd always tell him I'd look up to him as I looked up to him as my elder. Um, but he served with my son, Devin, as the senior pastor, and uh, he just died one Saturday, uh, getting ready for a wedding of a heart attack. Mm. And um, this uh, you know, one of the things that songs do, they give us words to speak to God mm. in, in different situations. Of course, that's what the Psalms do perfectly. They, they, they give us words to take to God in our sorrows and our joys and our celebrations and our losses and all that. Mm -hmm. and, and good hymns do that as well. So mm -hmm. I, I thought of the, these lines, Dave. Um, Let all our fond and longing tears... I've known Larry, knew Larry for 40 years. <laughs> and uh, many memories. And then the, I, I served with him in the late 80s as a, as a co-pastor at a church. And uh, my son, Devin, served with him for the last seven years mm -hmm. in a church. 
So lots of, lots of fond and longing tears. But then it says, remind us we are pilgrims here. We trust you, sovereign of our years, with all of our tomorrows. And it just reminded me that, yeah, we are pilgrims. This <laughs> life is not all there is. This is not our home. And as much as we know that as believers, we just need to be reminded again and again, this is not our home. We have mm-hmm. a city built not, not built with human hands yeah. that Christ has prepared for us. And uh, that softened the, the pain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of losing... Uh, a dear friend, suddenly, just knowing that, yeah, this is this is what our life is on this earth. Mm-hmm. We're gonna and we're gonna press on, hands to the plow, empowered by the love of God, with grace before and grace behind. For lo, what hope before us stands? You finish all that you began. So it, it was a real. The song has been a real means of encouragement and grace and comfort mm-hmm. uh, during during a time of, of sorrow. So I personally just want to thank you guys for for working yeah. on this and writing this. Yeah. W- what have been your stories or your hopes for the song? As uh, you know, it's sung. What would you want people to get from it? Well, it's really encouraging to to hear stories like what you just shared, Bob. And I've I've gotten some. Some uh, sent to me just personally, as well as some uh, I know that you've, you've been sent uh, at Sovereign Grace. But um, yeah, as I said before, like that third verse to me was uh, was the heart of the song, and uh, and everything else was was uh, designed to kind of bring us to that. So I think I think you're right. It is a song about mourning. It is a song about loss, um, and. Uh, and, you know, I think there's a there's a reality as I work with folks that are, you know, at end of life or who are caring for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a reality where even those whose faith is strong um, and, and even though the scriptures are what they need to hear, those truths are true and they need yeah. and, and mm-hmm. they need to hear that there's a way for that truth to be brought that's a, that's helpful and appropriate, and there's ways for that tr- truth to be brought that aren't. And so I've seen many occasions of people meaning well, but at the wrong time in the wrong way, saying, you know, God's God sovereign over this, mm-hmm. you know, almost in a way that dismisses the pain that people struggle with. And mm-hmm. so I see I see the song songs like this, and and something that I want to do in general is find ways to creatively. Uh, bring God's word to people in a way that ministers, um, yes. you know, to, to the real need. I think there's nothing like music and song to to put someone at ease. You know, so people will welcome a song, you know, into into sorrow, you know, and uh, and hear from God in the midst of that in ways that they might not welcome even a friend, you know, to come into that space. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a uh, it's it's really a blessing to. To, to be able to even take the, the struggle that I was going through there, you know, um, and just just bring, um, you know, some measure of, of healing or hope, you know, into uh, for others. Yeah. Well, Dave, Brian, that's wonderful. That? Yeah, I, I think this song has a great balance of theology and doxology. So explaining who God is and then um, letting people know what the response should be. We've talked a lot about verse three, but verse one 
we're giving the scope of God's sovereignty over the cosmos. The spinning world by your own, uh, your own hand hurls ever on around the sun. He's in control of time and season and the cosmos, and yet he knows us and he cares for us so intimately. He knows all the sins we would ever commit, and yet out of his love and mercy chose to adopt us as his sons and daughters. And so we need songs that that rest in that and have that sense of this is who God is, and then this is now my response. And so I think the song, Dave, again, just has a great balance of that. And it was a, it was a pleasure to, to collaborate with you, brother. Absolutely. It very much mirrors the Psalms where we have statements of confidence yes. and trust mixed with, Lord, please guide us, yeah, please help us. help us, please deliver us. And Dave, I love the way you expressed it earlier, um, how, how, you know, it's the Word of God that, that we're pointing people to. That's what our songs are meant to do. Mm -hmm. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, and the Word of God as it points to Christ and all He is and all He's done. And this verse uh, stands out to me as the, the verse that this song kind of fleshes out, and it's mm -hmm. Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, <laughs> the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Mm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just a mind-boggling yeah. thought. Yeah. But, but all of our tomorrows help us flesh that out, yes. comforts us with that truth, encourages us and, and emboldens us with that truth. So we, David and I, and many, many, many others are so grateful to you too for, for the time, the labor, the thought, the prayer, Absolutely. the heart that went into writing this song. And uh, again, if you haven't heard it, encourage you to listen to it. Pray that your congregation is able to sing it because mm -hmm. that, that's another dynamic, um, just where you're gathered with people who are singing this song really any time to remind us of God's, uh, that he searches and cares for all our ways. Amen. And so we offer up this day and all of our tomorrows to him. So thank you guys. Grateful for writing the song. Grateful for your joining us for the podcast. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for having us. And grateful for you who are listening, watching. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.